the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area. Your money, your life. This is Rob Black. The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's Friday, January 29th. I'm live in studio. Touch me, poke me, feel me. I'm here. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Yesterday, I quickly learned I need caffeine in order to have a personality. I'm not sure if you're the same way or not. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Do you need coffee to have a personality? This first segment of the show, I always try to start it off a little bit on the light side. In large part, kind of ease into the financial content. I could go, 2009, roughest patch on Wall Street since early 2009. It reminds me of a January, February, March 2009. It's tough out there right now. But I'll get to that because I don't really want to shock you until your morning coffee is settled in. So have a cup of joe, listen in, learn. I'm going to teach you about financial issues. In the first segment, I'm going to talk phony beep beep. Phony beep beep gaga. Phony beep beep gaga. Where does phony start this off with? Well, phony starts off with J.D. Salinger. It was one of his words that he used in Catching the Rye. It was a coming-of-age novel where a lot of like getting a driver's permit, you read Catching the Rye. One of the big phrases was, you're a phony. It was about the disillusionment of basically being a teenager and facing the adult world. Salinger thought at one time to be the most important American writer on the planet. At least the most American writer to emerge since World War II. He turned back on success. He turned back on adulation. As soon as he became successful, he was like, he hid. He became the garbo of letters, famous for not wanting to be famous. He died yesterday, age 91. He had lived in seclusion for 50 years. Can you imagine? I can't wait to live in seclusion. And then once it happens, I'm going to be all bitter about it. Yesterday, I was having dinner, and someone's like, hey, I love your show. I'm like, thank you so much. And it's the best thing you can do in between putting guacamole in between your teeth and, you know, tomato on your lip hanging off. You just say, thank you very much. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Catching the Rye was published in 1951. And a lot of people said it was very, very, very much like Mark Twain. It was a brash note in American literature. First thing you'll probably want to know is, you know, the, the, the first line starts off with, If you really want to hear about it, the first thing you'll probably want to know is where I was born and what a lousy childhood was like and how my parents were occupied and all before they had me and all of that David Copperfield kind of crap. But I don't feel like going into it if you want to know the truth. And 
teenagers don't change from 1950 to 1970 to 1990 to 2010. Bitch and wine. Lousy childhood. Wah, wah, wah. Parents occupied. Wah, wah, wah. So teachers, librarians, they didn't know what the heck to make out of Catcher in the Rye. They, you know, they were afraid that, you know, it was going to be a bestseller, obviously. The main character, Holden Caulfield, teenager newly expelled from prep school. He became kind of a, a Huckleberry Finn to America. Very cynical, very slangy, very vernacular. So... There were two phrases that were popular from his book, Catching Their Eye. One was phony, and that's part of our vernacular now. And another one was God, and then the second word would be damn, but I can't say them together. So that those were the two big words that came out of... Actually, I could probably say them together because I'm quoting a, a literary reference, but I won't because I'm not walking up to that line anymore. I'm going to do lame radio. <laughs> Welcome to lame radio. Woo! I'm not going to walk over that line and have to talk to management. God, if I don't have to talk to management for a year, I'd be the happiest man on the planet. Anyway, adolescence, alienation. J.D. Salinger, dead at the age of 91. And I throw that out there in large part because you should read Catcher in the Rye. Now, I'm not a big phony myself. I've cut back on my literary, literary reading. Next week, I'm going to be taking a vacation. I'm going to get back to my literary reading. So I don't know if it's next week or the week after. I'm, I'm bad with dates. It's the week after. Technically, it's the week after, but it feels sooner than later. So I'm going to leave on a jet plane. Don't know when I'll be back again. Okay, so there's your phony. Let's hit the beep beep part of the, the news segment. Beep beep. Congress is probing Toyota. We're pulling out the old rubber gloves and saying, Toyota, we want to know the truth. So this whole scrutiny from Congress, Toyota, recall, not selling new vehicles, break... Accelerator stuck, family of four, cop dead, number one automaker, consumers, you add this all up and it's unprecedented. This is one of the biggest recalls due to problems of unintended and dangerous acceleration. It comes at a time when the industry's struggling. You know the happiest people in the world are right now, General Motors, Chrysler, and Ford. So Commerce Committee Chairman Henry Waxman said he's going to hold a hearing next month to consider how quickly and effectively the car maker responded to complaints about sticking pedals and slipping floor mats. Like many consumers, he's concerned. So my question to you is, do you think Toyota's long-term image gets hurt by this? Do you have children? Would you buy a Toyota today? That's a bigger question. Or maybe if you're 25 and you're going to have children in 5, 10 years from now, would you buy a Toyota? Or are you now associating them with the Prius? Kind of a, how shall we say, a cliche car where you see so many of them on the road, you're like, oh, that's kind of cliche. Or do you look at Toyota and say, wow, they've, they've built better cars than Americans for years and years and years, and you're going to hide behind that? Or are you going to say, Toyota, broken accelerator pedal, killed a cop in his, his family of four, and say, I'm not getting into that death vehicle. I'm not getting into that missile. I, don't, I have a license to drive, not a license to kill. Where do you see Toyota falling? There's your beep beep. I've given you your phony. I've given you your beep beep. Now let's go gaga for Lady Gaga. And again... You can call in with any of these ideas. Do you miss Salinger? Did Catching the Rye mean anything to you? Do you read literary books? If you were to read a book today, would you use the iPad? Which, I, I said it on Wednesday, awful name. Women's groups are already starting to complain about it because it's too much like a tampon. We'll hit that story later in the show. But I, I called that one right out, uh, out of the gate. Like Maybe they just didn't come up with a better name. They had to know that there would be a, a, an association with Tampax. 
with an iPad. And the other word that women don't like in any of their products is flow. Pad and flow, they don't like it. Gives them that connotation to tampons. Anyway, um, anything you want to talk about? Lady Gaga, for instance. Wall Street Journal did a big piece on her, and every day I talk about digital music and lifestyle and downloading iTunes and podcasts, and the whole industry's changing. Like, for instance, you can listen to this show anywhere in the world. If you go to talk910.com, talk910.com, and hit listen now, you can hear it anywhere in the world. That's pretty cool. That's revolutionary. Now, Lady Gaga is actually doing something for the music industry that no one else is doing. She's succeeding. She's reshaping. She's taking a lot of chances, and she's hitting a home run more often than not. Now, my personal opinion is that she's a big-nosed short woman who's figured out how to market into the world of sexy while hiding her big nose and shortness. She is not an attractive woman, but she's figured out a way to be sexy all at the same time. She's a 23-year-old sensation. It's my favorite poker face. There's two poker faces. There's Lady Gaga's poker face. And there's Cartman's poker face. We'll have to play this a lot today because it makes me smile. I'm so sorry, and I'm so innocent. I'm so sweet. I'm so naive. Whenever I hear Cartman, I smile. Okay, so Golden Globes a couple weeks ago. I love that. I love that little fat kid. I wish I could adopt him. I would adopt a cartoon character if I could. So anyway, Golden Globes a couple weekends ago, this week in the Grammys. So this weekend we're going to see, get this, a duet with Lady Gaga. And who, who does all the duets in this day and age? Elton John, a little bit cliche. We saw it with Eminem where he was that controversial, controversial anti-gay statement. And then you get a gay man on stage singing with them. So her debut album, it's generated four number one songs. It's generated 15, three million tracks that have sold. It's generated polka face, paparazzi. It's recalibrated music. It's got a spacey Euro vibe. It's got a little sci-fi feel to it. She's very vaudevillian. She kind of makes fun of herself. If you look at her outfits, they're incredibly skimpy, silky, well-lit. If you look at her wigs, yeah, she wears wigs. She goes with the the straight-across bangs look, which I don't know how I feel about that. So she's worn facial masks. She's worn planetary rings around her head. She wears bird's nests on her. Like, she's just that kind of goofy. She's going to turn out to be a pop novelty, question mark. Or she really figured this out. She was born Stefani Germanata. She graduated from Manhattan's Convert of Sacred Heart School. She left a music program at NYU to chase a music career. She signed on and dropped one label, Def Jam, before uniting with you know other advisors. So underneath her huge haystack of a media career is a study. She's succeeding in the music business today. She's figuring it out. Incredibly shrewd, incredibly digital platform agnostic. She's, you know, a product of a new kind of recording contract. It goes just beyond selling records and encompasses everything from touring. She's going to wear tons and tons and tons of costumes. Is she the next Madonna? It's a very, very good question. Gaga's primary producer hails from Morocco. And what's interesting about this is it's a non-American take on music. So she's taken a non-American take on music. Her songs are incredibly easy to sing. So if, let's say you're, you're in Latin America. You can sing it. 
you can figure out the words pu 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 poker face. You don't know, need to know a lot of English to sing along. So everybody's saying make it like Gaga. She is now the roadmap to successful music. Very, very, very interesting. She refers to her fans as monsters. She's chants, I want your ugly, I want your disease. So by doing that, she's basically saying, okay, I'll take teenagers, you're ugly, you're diseased. I'll take you funky hipsters, you're ugly, you're, you're diseased. I'll take the gays, you're ugly, you're diseased. She does shout outs to them as monsters. So she's basically saying, I will welcome any fan in the world, especially if you consider yourself a monster, which is very, very, very similar to where we started this whole shtick with J.D. Salinger and the disillusioned teen and marketing towards them. To get your calls on the air, we could talk Gaga, we could talk Toyota, we could talk Salinger, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Glenn Beck program coming up at 12 noon. Now, Rob Black, 9 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. I'm going to get into stocks and business and all the stuff that you want from me, i.e. your smart financial big brother. The guy who can give you some good tips and hints and, and situations along those lines and steer you right. This segment, I'm going to talk a little NBC and Olympics, but I'm also going to talk, well, I got an email that I have to hit briefly. And this one basically goes back to our Wednesday show where I talked about someone who was in their 20s who invested $3,000 a year, basically 10 years, and how they would end up with basically three quarters of a million dollars. Or if you just do it for 10 years, from 20 to 20, 30. But if you wait till 30 and you do $3,000 a year for the next 30 years, you don't even come up with two-thirds of that. So mathematically, it makes a lot of sense to do this stuff early in life. Get the $30,000 invested by age 30, and you're done. You're done, or mostly done. And it's easy. When you're 30, 35, I want you making babies. I want you traveling the world. I want you to go see, where's Giza. I want you to go see, you know, go to Thailand as a five foot seven tall female and be the tallest, most godlike person in, in India where you're adored. I want you to do that. So I got an email from Mark and he was talking about Wednesday. I got mail. Yay. I got mail. Yay. That's my friend, special ed. And he tells me when I have mail. So this one comes to us from Mark. He says, I'm 25 years old and I had a question about an example he gave on air. It was about the 20-year-old investing $3,000 per year in a retirement plan for 10 years. I'd love some advice on what I should do at my age. Should I focus on retirement now? What kind of investment would be the best to put a couple thousand every year in for the best return? That's his first mistake. Best return. People have got to stop thinking of it that way. You've got to start thinking of it as it's a race. It's a marathon. You're not looking for the, the fastest race because you're never going to be the fastest. You're not looking for the easiest race because easy is not going to get you to where you want to go. Slow and steady. You want to be the tortoise. In the tortoise versus the hare example, I always dug the tortoise. I always loved it when, you know, he'd pass the, 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 the hare at the end. And it was like, ah, ha, 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 I once wrote a short story, a very similar concept where it was this crazy race of 10 people. And every time you basically turned your shoulder and looked over your shoulder, you got killed. Uh, by some sort of crazy force. So the guy who won was the guy who was in last the whole time. He just cruised along and he never had to look over his shoulder and he wins the race. But 
I digress. I just made that all about me, and I'm not supposed to do that. This is all about you. So he's 25 years old. What I would do when I was 25, I would turn, I would just start incorporating money into my life. I don't think you have to hit every right answer. Keep in mind, stocks work over time. Bonds work over time. Real estate works over time. Commodities work over time. That's the way to look at it. I look at it as going to Golden Gate Fields and betting on the ponies. And if you bet on them all, you win. Now, who's going to win this race or that race? You don't know. And that comes down to who's going to win this year or that year? You don't know. But over 10, 20, 30 years, they all work and they all move you forward. So stop thinking best return, Mark. Next thing I want to say is is start incorporating money into your life. You don't have to do it directly. You're 25 years old. You probably go dance at raves. I don't understand raves. To me, uh, raves are just loud music where I want to talk to someone and I can't. It's too loud. And I'm not a very good dancer. I got that white guy disease where I, I have the overbite when I talk on the, when I dance. You know what I'm talking about. So when I move my arms around, I look like a, a, an octopus out of water, like flailing to get back in water. I don't look good. I got no rhythm. I got no beat. So what I started doing when I was 18 was I started putting $166 a month in. It made sense to me. It's $2,000 a year. Started, you know, I figured out what compounding was going to do for me. I figured out what investing over time was going to do for me. $166 a month didn't hurt me. And I made sure it didn't hurt me because I, I would live... I would live in the worst house possible in college. Like I wasn't, I would never try to like bring chicks back to my palatial penthouse. I was always like, yeah, I kind of live below my means, but one day I'll have a lot of money. And the chicks were happy with that. I never really bought super premium beer. Today I love premium beer. God, I love a good draft beer. Right now, a good draft beer. That's what I should order for the the studio. A good, good keg. Because a good cold beer would be great. Great on Fridays because it is Aloha Friday. There's no work till Monday. So anyway, incorporate money into your life. $166 a month. It's really pretty damn easy to do. It, it, use good sites like Kiplinger. Kiplinger.com. That's spelled K-I-P-L-I-N-G-E-R.com. Or money.com. And that's spelled M-O-N-E-Y.com. Remember History of the World? Harvey Corman. He was Count de Monet. <laughs> I love that for some reason. And if you say it slowly, it's Count de Money. That's, that's, that's French for counting the money, Count de Monet. I know you're saying that's not really French, Rob. Anyway, Count de Monet, de Monet. That was one of those first movies that I saw that had female breasts in it. It was one of the first, like, you're 11 years old and you're laughing and you're like, whoa, what's that? And that's, it was cable TV, it was HBO. Porn reference number one, porn reference number one. I got to keep them under three. So, um, so yeah, I'd use websites, um, Mark, like, JustThrive.com, JustThrive.com, and Mint.com, Mint.com. That's a good way to get your budget going. I would call Fidelity and say, hey, I'm a 25-year-old schleg. If you can get a 401k, get it. Get the book, The New Rules About Money by Rick Edelman. His last name's E-D-E-L-M-A-N. E-D-E-L-M-A-N. Don't you hate it when the cops tell you you can't sing the alphabet? Because that's, that's the only way you know the alphabet. So what I've been practicing is alphabet backwards, just in case I ever need it. I always practice the alphabet backwards. 800-345-5639. Oh, and one thing, more thing, Mark, um, be patient. Uh, money, learning about money, you're going you're gonna to make mistakes. But never take from your nest egg. Set up an emergency fund and watch those credit cards. And that's some good basics to start with. So the Olympics, right around the corner. NBC, 
I'm actually looking forward to the Olympics. I, I, does that make me? Does that make me lame? Let me ask my resident professor of 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 hip, Heidi. Heidi, the fact that she's my producer, by the way, she's on the other side of the glass bowl. I'm on this side. If you go to talk910.com, talk910.com, you can see the webcam and you can see her back of her head and me waving. So Heidi, does me being interested in the Winter Olympics make me lame? Um. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. She's the resident hip professor of hip. So that officially makes me lame. So NBC's mass, uh, launching a massive research on the Olympics because let's face it, you know, last night, 10 o'clock rolls around. I'm on the Internet. You know, we're everywhere. We're no longer sitting in front of the living room with popcorn watching TV. We're everywhere now. So NBC's going to they're going to lose two hundred fifty million dollars on, the, on these games. They already know that. That's a lot of money. So they're going to try to, to figure it out here. They're going to start studying new media. They're going to go to YouTube and figure out how many people just watch Sean White pull off a triple-double um, hazelnut jump upside down 367.20 X landing. And they're going to go see how many people saw it at YouTube. They're going to go see how many people saw it at Yahoo. They're going to go see how many people saw it at Google. Who Googled Sean White? So they're going to combine a little bit of Arbitron and a little bit of Omniture and Comscore. Omniture and Comscore are kind of like the Arbitron of the Internet. So they're going to track the video people are watching. They're going to you know, note whether the selections are being watched for the first time or if it's a repeat. Because in the future, they want to be able to go to their advertisers and say, you know, this little NBC clip, your commercials are going to be seen everywhere. So if research reveals that you know, such web advertising could be boosted, NBC wants to be part of that. It's not just Google and YouTube who own the world of internet advertising. NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, in theory, could lay some claim to it. But these Olympics are going to be a disaster. Now, for me, it's going to be all about not men's, hot, not men's uh, ice skating. No, 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 no. I, ice dancing, ice skating, uh, not for me. For me, figure skating. Figure skating, and not, not for me. Too feminine. Too feminine. Hockey. Olympic hockey is fun because it's a quick, fast tournament. It's three weeks to glory. It's not like the NHL season, which is 80 games and the playoffs another three months. Olympic hockey is three weeks to glory. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. You want to talk Gaga, Lady Gaga? You want to talk NBC and the Olympics? Are you excited? J.D. Salinger dead? Or do you want to talk Obama and small businesses? You tell me. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. 910 AM. Listening to Rob Black, 9:10 a.m. More stimulating talk. I did my best to notice when the call came down the line. Up to the platform of surrender, I was brought, but I was kind. Sometimes I get nervous when I see an open door. Close your eyes, clear your heart. Cut the cord. Are we human? Or are we dancers? The phrase, are we dancers? Back in the 60s when Hunter S. Thompson wanted to be more human than the dancer, it was a reflection that we're not fluffy. He didn't want to be fluffy. Now today I wish I could dance, but back in the 60s it's a whole different ball of wax. 
What's interesting to note about that is if you study great literature of our time and even some bad literature of our time, take, for instance, The Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz came out of a period of time where our nation was underdeveloping, was, was developing and going through just a crazy amount of change. We were a nation at war. We were a nation, you know, just recently founded. So we were questioning, are we brains? Are we intellectuals of the world? Are we, are we the heart, the compassion of the world? Or are we the groin, the, the passion of the world? Are we, you know, uh, where are we? There was a, a phrase out there at that time that said, modern man has no heart. Modern man has no heart. And it was a play again on, you know, where are we? Are we a compassionate nation? Certainly, you could take a look back at the last 10 years, and you could see that George Bush had no heart. He had a lot of groin to him, whereas maybe Obama's got no brain, but he's got a lot of heart to him. He's certainly not playing the Congress game very smart or very wisely, but geez, he he sells change well, doesn't he? So it is a question. What are you? My producer, Heidi, she recently took a a work survey, and basically it said, you're all heart. (laughs) Like, you're just a big old compassionate HR person. So where are you in your balance? So where are you? Are you more of an intellectual or are you more of a compassion? And, and again, modern man has no heart. I don't totally disagree with that statement. Go to Mark and San Rafael. Mark. Hey, Mark, I just read your email on the air. Mark. He's one of those young people who doesn't quite understand the telephone technology. I'm sure he can fix my computer. And for the record... Aren't people over 60 working on computers funny? <laughs> Nothing funnier than watching a 60-year-old. Like, they just don't quite get how the mouse moves left and right and up and down. And they do it all jerky. They're kind of like big monkeys. They're kind of like big monkeys where they're, they're hitting their, their keyboard. And they're, like, they're screaming at it. And they're talking to their computer. And, and then they, they click on the email message from you know, the Prince of Zimbabwe. And they don't understand why their computer now has a lot of... Um, suggestive material on it, and it's kind of funny. Uh, old people and computers, they're just funny. They're just funny. Let's go to Mark again. Mark, how are you? Hey, Rob, how are you? Good. I just read your email on the air. Why are you calling? Uh, I didn't know if I was going to get a response. The first time I ever called in or emailed to any radio show before. I emailed you five minutes ago, and I, I read your email on the air. You're the 25-year-old who's intrigued by the $3,000. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I, I'm in my car, so I didn't get that. Okay. Absolutely. And I just I just got in so I didn't hear that. Well, I guess I will read my email then. So so Mark, you can listen to the podcast if you missed it. You can go to talk910.com, talk910.com and around two o'clock today it'll, the first hour will be there. And I literally just talked about it at twenty past the hour. Great. Well thank you so much for responding. So Mark, a couple questions about you. Sure. Twenty five years old. Do you go to raves? <laughs> no, I don't go to raves. Damn, I, I, think I, I think I, I think I, someone dragged me to a rave one time uh, a few years ago, and it was uh, interesting. To say the least, somewhere in Sonoma. You're younger than me, so I gotta like I gotta get some sort of relatables from you. What do you do for a living, Mark? Um, I well, I do a couple things now. I was a broker. I got my real estate and did loans and stuff, and I was not doing so well. So I actually started appraising. My mom's a, an appraiser, has her own company, so I just got licensed doing that and doing the whole training thing with her. So I'm kind of exploring a new a little new section of, of the real estate world right now that let me give you some advice i've got a, a best friend who's an appraiser and it is it's not what it used to be oh no it's not at all but you know it's, it's good to have a base my mom's established she has her own uh, she has clients coming to work she has, they did all those new regulations with those new amc companies but you know i'm sure you know about that oh but, yeah um, absolutely 
So it's 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 a good base to have someone that's in the business and established, definitely. Basically, let me explain for listeners. Mark is an appraiser, and ten years ago, or five years ago, or three years ago, a real estate agent could have his best friend Mark, and every time he he was going to do a, a transaction, he could say, "Hey, Mark, you want to go appraise this house for me?" Well, the regulations have come in, and basically now it, it's randomly assigned, and the money is about eighty percent cheaper now to do an appraisal than it was. The money's out of it. What I would do, Mark, if I were you, if, and again, small career advice, I'd set up a side business consulting people on their homes when they're buying it because in the Bay Area, a million dollars, holy mackerel, to buy a house, and then to get in there and find out it's got a leaky roof, and the first appraiser that came through did an average job. If you can be a top-notch appraiser, like, for instance, I bought a house, Mark, that I did not know to look at the, the trees in the backyard. The trees got these crazy vines going up them, so now I got to spend eight hundred dollars to take down two trees. No big deal, but it could have been a lot worse for me. Right, right, definitely. So a lot of people have uh, terrible experiences like that, and much worse. Absolutely. And if you price it around two hundred, three hundred dollars, everyone when they buy a house, if they can get a non-biased appraiser, I think they absolutely positively would. Absolutely. See, I'm still doing my training thing. You got to do about two thousand hours now. So luckily, I have the uh, my mom as the appraiser. I can do my, all my hours through her. Which is a nice thing, but then I'm kind of on my own. You know, she 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 tried to put me in as a you know a partner with one of her companies, one of her AMC companies, and they won't even let me do that. It's like he has to be on the list completely separately. You know, the whole thing doesn't really make any sense. She can't. They basically took all these people that were self-employed, worked really hard, got good relationships with people, and gave them an employer. Well, part. well, here's where it became a problem: was that real estate agents would start to bully appraisers. And say, I need that appraisal to come in at a million dollars, not 800000 because my commission is riding on it. Right, right. So I, I see why they did it. It just it seems uh, the you law. You want to regulate the regulators, though. That's the problem. Exactly. They, they're charging borrowers a lot more. I, I, know I, I, I ran to an agent saying, you guys charge a lot. And I'm like, well, I don't even know how much they charge, to be honest. And he was telling me how they charge about $500 for their, their uh, client. And they re- literally give the appraiser about 50%. Right. Just for, uh, you know, between 30 and 50%. Just for uh, really mediating everything. Well, good luck. Uh, good yeah, luck with absolutely. everything. Thank you for uh, checking my email. I appreciate you taking my call. I love your show. It's very kind of you. Thanks. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. See, it's that easy. And uh, just to show you how easy it is to comment on the show, you can send me an email, rob at robblack.com. Um, someone comment on the whole uh, first segment of the show. The first segment of the show, I kind of did this whole shtick on... Lady Gaga and Toyota and J.D. Salinger. And what was interesting about it was I got an email from Tony, and Tony says J.D. Salinger got a lot of bad reviews, and that bothered him to the point that he went into seclusion. Lady Gaga became famous by writing songs for other people. She has a horsey voice that works. I use a phrase called horsey face, and I think Sarah Sarah Jessica Parker has a horsey face. And when you say it, you got to say it in a fun way. She's got a horsey face. And every time you look at Sarah Jessica Parker, also known as SJP, you're going to go, horsey face from now on. <laughs> you know how much Manolas are? You used to wear Manolas. When you ask SJP how old she is, she starts stomping her hoof. She tells you in, in hoof years. And Toyota, this comes from Tony, he goes, a setback? Didn't Ford have issues with SUVs that flipped over? How many stuck accelerators? 4, 10, 15. What are the chances that'll happen in one that I own? Nil. They're doing what J&J did with Tylenol Scared, admit the mistake, prevent more from coming offline until there's a fix and uh, currently down the road. So, again, you can comment on the show, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. That's one way of doing it and or call into the show. Now, Obama is going to target small businesses with a proposed $33 billion tax cut. 
This is the only time I like Congress. I like it when they stimulate small businesses. Not the only time I like Congress, but you get the idea. President Barack Obama is going to travel to Baltimore, which, by the way, is a city that smells a lot like urine. If you've ever been in Baltimore in any part of it, it smells like urine. Um, basically, he's going to flesh out one of his top job creation ideas, a $33 billion tax cut designed to spur small businesses to hire new workers to boost wages. The proposal is similar to plans he pitched during the presidential campaign and last year in Washington that gave employers a $5,000 tax credit for every net new worker hired this year and reimbursed businesses for the Social Security payroll taxes that they pay when they increase payrolls faster than inflation. So there you go. We'll see if that sticks or it doesn't. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800 800- Three four five fifty six thirty nine. It's Rob Black Show. Nine ten a.m. It's nine ten a.m. I'm easy pleasy. Ting tings, the ting tings. It's Rob Black Show. Nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk. Glenn Beck. Now, Rob Black. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Love the record, can't see straight, i.e., have you ever been in a club and had a little bit too much boozy, 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 or as I like to say, whiskey, 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 my belly, belly, belly. So I'm going to do a little little partake in this weekend. So I'm thinking snow in Tahoe. You know what I'm saying? When it rains here, it's snowing in Tahoe. That's what I always love about the Bay Area. Is I learned that phrase in the first year that I lived in the Bay Area was, it's raining in San Francisco. It's snowing in Tahoe. Let's go to Tahoe. It's pretty much so that kind of simple. Pretty much so that kind of simple. So, ooh, nice thing about radio stations. Is it the incredible pay that they give you? Uh-uh. Is it the incredible women that throw themselves at you for having a low-paying job? No, it's not that either. Best thing about radio station, free lift tickets. Woo, we got free lift tickets. I know that's sad and pathetic, but you rejoice when you can. Awesome. I, well, I'm not even going to go there. 800 345 5639. It's 800 345 5639 to get your calls on the air. McDonald's. Big Mac quarter pounder. Don't they have the best fries? McDonald's. Going to say uh, they're going to lift their investments in China by 25%. So says McDonald's. Kind of a creepy clown, by the way, right? Some clowns more creepy than others. I think Ronald McDonald is one of those clowns that I don't like. Just He just looks wrong on all the wrong, the, like the red hair. I'm not a big fan of clowns. Really not a big fan of clowns. Anyway, McDonald's said on Friday it expects to boost its capital investment in China by 25% in the year 2010. In the year 2010, McDonald's plans to open 150 to 175 new stores in China this year. Why is that important? China's the number two. China's quickly becoming the number two economy in the world. So they're going to surpass Japan and pass Germany and 
I mean, they are it, and they're going to pass us. So McDonald's has to get exposure there if they're going to be relevant. We used to say, how is McDonald's doing in the United States? It's going to be 10, 20 years from now. How's McDonald's doing in China? I'm not going to say the United States will be secondary and just kind of an off, off thought. It won't be. Remember two weeks ago we talked about Google being hacked? Google Gmail was being hacked a couple weeks ago. And ultimately, some agents in China, they might be killed because Google got hacked, Gmail accounts. Google was all upset about it. Google said, oh, we're going to leave your country. We're going to leave your country. And now they're saying, we're going to talk to your government. We're going to talk to your government. A little bit different tone. A little bit different tone. So anyway, Google, again, McDonald's lifting their investments in China. Google has seen a 30% slump in sales in China in two weeks because people are freaked out. Customers are a little bit more apprehensive because Google has not clarified its stance on leaving China. So new orders have decreased by 30%. Google China agents have said that their meeting in January sales have declined about 50%. It's a pretty big drop. So Google China plight, how does it play out? Long story short, Google's losing a lot of time and effort and energy and mind share in China. China's important. Someone sent me a CD of Chinese music. And I was going to play it. Every time I talk about China, I was going to play some Chinese music. But it kind of like sounds like being a – Chinese music sounds like kind of like being in a, a, a Chinese uh, restaurant. It's not that good. I, I want it crazy Chinese. So like a metal band doing Chinese. So not necessarily a Chinese restaurant doing Chinese. So anyway, uh, let's let's change topics. Bill Gates, Bill Gates, Bill Gates. We could talk two things with Bill Gates. We could talk about his entrepreneurialism. We could talk about Windows 7. Microsoft exceeded high expectations for the month of December. Did very, very well. Windows 7. I've got Windows 7. I'm one of those corporate guys. What's the corporate guy mean? I'm white, puffy white guy. Big brain, nice suit, puffy white guy. I'm a a Windows guy. There's no doubt about it. I'm not creative. I'm not artistic. I don't know how to dance. So Windows 7 adoption in the consumer segment drove results well above expectations, and it gave a little glimpse of the economic power of the new operating system cycle. So that's really important, cycle. There used to be a point in time in technology in the late 80s and early 90s, mid-90s, where Microsoft would say, we've got a new operating system coming out next year. And no one would buy the old operating system at that point in time. They'd wait for the new one. Oracle would say, we got a new database software coming out at the end of the year. And no one would buy it until the end of the year. They don't want to put the money in. Like, for instance, I got Adobe Edition. I got version one. There's now Adobe Edition four, I think, maybe three. I, I don't need the upgrade. It still works quite well for me. It allows me to make MP3s. It allows me to record my radio show from the comfort and security of my basement, which I don't have a basement, so I'm embellishing a little bit. From time to time, I do embellish. It allows me to record and, and, and do shows from the comfort of my office at home. So anyway, where do I go with this? Strong Windows 7 adoption. Taking a look at Microsoft, if you take a look at the last year, it's a beauty. It's gone from 15 to 16, to 17, to 18, to 19, to 20, to 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. And it's been a slow, steady march. It's been, if you look at it, it's a, a nice 45-degree chart. That's a little bit too much for me. I don't like 45-degree charts. I like my charts to look more like 22 to 28% growth uh, as far as, as angles go and not growth of earnings or growth of anything else. I like my, my charts to be a little bit slower in the ramping up. So this has been a good time for Microsoft. And right now, I think they're a value. I think you can trade them higher in next year. J. 
January's played out to be a funny month. Started out strong and it got really weak really fast as we push towards February. I'm okay with a weak market. I like a weak market. Some people want their house to be at an all-time high today. I don't want my house to be an all-time high today. I want my house to be an all-time high when I sell it. I don't want my stocks to be at an all-time high today. I want my stocks to be at an all-time high when I sell them. So I'm okay that we've got a couple bad days. It gives me a chance to look at my portfolio and see what I can trim or what I can add to. So Microsoft trading at 14 times next year's earning. I think you can get a good four or five points out of Microsoft. Now, four or five points means 12 to 15% in a year that I think we're going to have 7 to 10%. So I think it's a much better than market performer, but not, it's not in any way, shape, or form glorious. It's not going to be like Apple goes from 200 to 1,000. woo That was a great ride, right? We're not there. We're not in, in glorious stock conditions right now. Last year, glorious stock conditions. This year, not so much. So Windows 7 turned out to be a pretty good product upgrade cycle for Microsoft. Speaking of Microsoft, let's talk about Bill Gates. I like Bill Gates. I always have. I think he's been good for our economy. I think he's been good for our nation. Some people go, he's an evil empire. He's the Darth Vader of technology. He squashed other companies. Yeah, yes. But he also turned technology into a staple and into a, a, a platform that we all understand. So on one hand, I dislike him because he's hurt creativity. On the other hand, I love him because he's made you know technology standard and operating system standard. Don't you wish I just had one hand? Wouldn't that be the greatest show ever? Because I'd only be able to say on one hand. I wouldn't be able to say on the other hand. Will Rogers once said, I'd like to meet a one-handed economist. Because that's what we all say. We all go, well, the economy looks good for now. But on the other hand, we don't know if Obama is going to stifle it. Or we don't know if Obama is going to stimulate it. So you always want to meet a one-handed economist. and be kind of a conversation. I'll be here all week. The veal is lovely. The veal is lovely with a little Parmesan on it. So don't forget to tip your waiters, waitresses, and uh, drive home safely. So Bill Gates Foundation is going to give $10 billion to research. I like that about this guy. He's giving away his money. I like it. That's going to deliver vaccines for the world's poor. Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates and his wife Melinda say their foundation is going to donate $10 billion over the next decade to research new vaccines and bring them to the world's poorest countries. Bill Gates said in a statement that issued on the sidelines of the World Economics Forum in Davos that, quote, we must make the decade, this the decade of vaccines. Gates added that innovation will make it possible to save more children than ever before. 800-345-5639. To get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. In about 18 minutes, Dan Rusinowski from your San Jose Sharks, who had a game last night that was very troubling. They gave up three goals in the first 10 minutes. And then they fought back in the next 50 minutes to basically tie it to only lose it in overtime. I don't know. What's the story of last night? Great disappointment or great comeback? Let's go to Brock in San Jose. Brock, how are you? Doing well. How are you? Good. Brock's kind of a masculine name. Thank you. So I, I like masculine names. My middle name's Francis, and I hate that. <laughs> so I got a Chinese metal band for you. You have a Chinese metal band for me. I do. You just asked. Uh, they're called Katonic. They're from Taiwan. Yeah. And they're, uh, they they kind of uh, try to forward the Taiwanese liberation movement. How do you spell Katonic? It's C-H-T-H-O-N-I-C. Are they on YouTube? They should be. Okay, I'll see if, if Heidi can pull up some Katonic for us to take us to break in about 10 minutes. Because uh, it's pretty angry and it's, it's Chinese and it, it makes absolutely no sense to people who don't speak Chinese, right? That's, that, absolutely. Okay, good. That's, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for <laughs> stuff to confuse. So what else do you do for a living, Brock? What do you tell me about you? 
Uh, I work in the construction demolition recycling industry. So you're kind of a blue collar. I, I, I do a lot of lobbying for them. Oh, a lot of lobbying. So you're kind of a white collar for the blue collars. That's it. So, so you don't show butt crack, but you work with people that do. Yes, all day long. All day long. Thanks for the call, Brock. All right, thank you. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. The band is called Katonic, and let's see if we can find it. It's C-H-T-H-O-N-I-C. I'm spelling that for the lovely and talented Heidi, who's wearing a, a sweater today. That's It's very fashion-forward. It's a very bold move. I'm not a very fashion-forward type of guy. I don't wear a lot of hair clips and tiaras or anything like that. But she's showing a lot of arms. She's got some guns. A little five-pound dumbbells uh, that she works out with. And uh, 800 What you got for me, Addie? Can I recommend a Japanese metal band? Japanese would be just as good because I can't tell the difference between Japanese and Chinese. Um, and lead singer is a girl, Melt Banana. Okay. Can, that's her name, Melt Banana? Uh, the name of the band is Melt Banana. Now you had a friend. Very good. You had a friend who just had a baby. And what do you want to name the baby? <laughs> well, I suggested either Pistachio, which I, if I had an... Uh, uh, what an alias yeah. that's what i would want it to be and then um also i suggested as a first name white halle berry white halle berry yeah. now do you think that's racist or offensive in any way shape or form no so. I, i've been called that before you're the white halle berry i've been called that i'm not saying i am i've just been called that i'm the male oprah <laughs> Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.